what is a Fisher House? It's a place where families can stay close by while our military and veterans are treated for wounds and illnesses, seen or unseen, at military and VA hospitals. Because a family's love is the best medicine of all. Learn more at fisherhouse.org. G'day everyone and welcome to a special episode of Grow Your Brand, the podcast show where we talk about how to unlock your potential so you can get more out of your life and change the world for the better. I'm your host, Lauren Cress, the business scientist, and you'll note this isn't part three of developing your style as promised, but something quite different. Looking around at the world right now and the chaos, fear and uncertainty that has embedded itself in our collective lives, I wanted to do what I could to provide you with insights from a range of experts about how to take care of yourself and your business during this time. So in this episode, we're going to explore what is happening with the coronavirus response and why, what you can do to prepare for the onset of the global recession we are seeing emerge from the coronavirus response and sustainability strategies to consider when making decisions about business and marketing activities in times of uncertainty. So you'll be hearing less from me today and more from an extremely generous and insightful group of people who have taken the time to share their knowledge with me and with you listening in amongst everything that is going on for them personally and professionally as well. Uh, Please check the show notes to find out more about how to get in touch with experts featured on today's episode. Uh, They are a really, really great bunch of people. Depending on what you guys think of this episode and what happens in the coming days and weeks, I may do a few more episodes in response to the current health crisis we're dealing with. I want to explain a little bit about how I put this episode together because I believe one of the big issues with a lot of the myths that guide our decision making in our daily lives comes from relying on traditional media for information. I use the word myth very consciously. Obviously, you're listening to a podcast, so you're not just getting your information from mainstream media. But what you may notice is that when we rely on news updates on what's happening, we get the cold, hard facts, but we actually miss out on a lot of the context that we require to gain meaningful insight. News tends to focus on the what story but less on the how stories and extremely rarely on the why stories. And this can make it difficult to piece together what's going on. So it doesn't help us very much when it comes to making decisions about taking action. Instead, it builds fear and sends us into panic. In fact, I was just listening to, before jumping on to record this, I was just listening to the latest updates from the PM. And the questions being asked are very much about what, what, what. Uh, and to be honest, it's actually why I don't spend a lot of time listening to or watching the news. I do like to get updates on what's happening, uh, but I really take a lot of what's being said with a grain of salt. For me, when it comes to gathering information, I don't want panic and I don't want piecemealed facts. I want meaningful insight and transformative knowledge. I want to be able to understand what's actually going on. Sort of like We used to have this show when I was a kid called Behind the News and it was sort of explaining like why we're talking about things on the news and what things really mean. So that's kind of what I wanted to do today. What inspired me to do this episode was to address the knowledge gap specifically for business owners and entrepreneurs out there who want to get clear on how they can navigate the coming days and weeks when there is so much uncertainty. This episode is an extra long episode because... I wanted to explore this topic at a deeper level, which I believe will be of most use and value to you at this time. So we'll start by taking a look at the current situation, how the response to the coronavirus is impacting industry sectors, and in particular, small businesses within these sectors. 
Then we're going to talk about the mindset and emotional well-being of business owners right now and how to mentally and emotionally navigate the current crisis to be in a position to make better decisions. Then we'll look at where to from here, what can we do, and what can we take the time to appreciate and look forward to. Just to let you know up front, the first part of this episode may trigger some anxiety or fear because the current situation is challenging, but I promise you that if you keep listening, there are lots of strategies and actions we discuss to help you take care of your business, your staff, and your mental health in relation to this situation. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of the show. In putting the show together, I have to say, personally, I'm feeling a lot more positive. And for me, uh, I feel like there is this light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not stating that as fact. I'm just saying that's my perspective on it. I do see that there is a way forward and... I'd be really curious to see how you guys feel at the end of the episode as well, given what we discuss uh, here today. So uh, please jump on LinkedIn. I'll be uh, posting a bunch of sort of conversation starters on LinkedIn in the, co- in the coming days. So uh, please do join in and share your thoughts as well. Now, before we move on to the main segment of the show today, I do want to stress one more thing. Everyone's situation is different. It's why the advice I share and the advice our experts today share is in relation to processes and practices and strategies available that help to inform our decision-making process. And it isn't about the decision you should make because even though in some ways our situations are all similar right now, there are still very different circumstances that you and your business may be in. And it would be irresponsible for anyone to say, this is exactly what you should do. If there's experts who are confidently saying this is exactly what you should do without knowing anything about your business, uh, then really question that. I really encourage you to question that because they simply don't have enough information to advise you. The fact of the matter is no matter how knowledgeable an expert is, they can't provide direct advice on what you should do as a business next without knowing more about your situation. So let's start at the beginning. What's happening with the coronavirus and how are the current restrictions impacting the economy? I asked Menno Middledorp, Chief Economist of Rabobank, to explain. I think that right now we're seeing the onset of a global recession uh, due to the uh, virus and the measures taken against it. Uh, We would expect that um, production is sharply lower in this part of the year uh, than it was before. Uh, and we would expect that during the rest of the year uh, that there will be a recovery once the measures are lifted, uh, but that we won't be able to get back, at least not within this year, uh, all the production um, that was lost, in particular in sectors where uh, catch-up is not really a possibility. Think, example, for restaurants where people, you know, they're not going to go to a restaurant um, a lot more uh, during the rest of the year than they would have anyway. So you know, the loss of restaurant services that happened in the beginning of the year when the virus was uh, active and the regulations or restrictions against it were active are never going to be caught back up. The impact of the coronavirus on the economy is likely to be different than what we saw during the great financial crisis. That was a credit crunch. Uh, The financial system was not able to lend to companies, and that created a sharp contraction followed by an extended period of slow growth. Um, This is different in the sense that um, it's an external shock, 
and that's coming from a virus and in particular the response to that virus. Uh, all the measures that are being put in place in different countries starting uh, in China but also now in most European countries to contain the spread of the virus are really important to save lives but they do uh, put big restrictions on the economy. So are these restrictions necessary? Why are they in place? My husband Henry is an emergency doctor and he put it like this. The problem we've got with coronavirus at the moment is that there's only so many doctors, nurses and uh, beds in a hospital. If everybody in the uh, society gets sick at one time, we're not going to have anybody to look after anybody. And we won't have any beds in the hospitals to put people in. So the idea is that by slowing the spread of infection, by social distancing, by not shaking hands or hugging, uh, by not going and by counselling all these big things like AFL matches and conferences and so forth, um, that will really slow the spread of infection down so that only a few people get sick at any one time and that uh, we look after everybody. While social distancing is a critical step in managing the health crisis that has already overwhelmed a number of healthcare systems across Europe, the empty shelves at the supermarket, the closed restaurants and the cancelled conferences and sports events is eerie and surreal to say the least. Sports commentator and Basketball Hall of Famer Steve Carfino explains things are uncertain for sports at every level right now. The coronavirus has rocked the sporting world. I didn't understand the severity of the coronavirus affecting sport until the NBA postponed their season till further notice when one of their players was infected by the virus or the Utah Jazz was the first team to have anybody and then the league just postponed the season till further notice and then college basketball in the U.S. followed March Madness uh, canceled and so that is just unbelievable because that is the crescendo of college basketball for them to just pull the plug on that is massive here in Australia the NBL had a best of five series between the Perth Wildcats and the Sydney Kings where game two and game three were played without fans and then after that the series was cancelled so I'm not even sure how that works who's the champion and if there's going to be an asterisk as to whether the Perth Wildcats win because they were leading the series 2-1. So who knows where that series is going to end up. And then in the football codes, NRL canceled this week and then postponed the next week. Uh, AFL, rugby, so the football codes have been affected, postponed or canceled. Uh, school sport has been rocked uh, as we moved into the winter term. So are the football codes and various sports at school. School tournaments have been canceled. Carnivals have been canceled. And school, uh, just today, uh, have been trialing a remote system where the kids are going to be working from home. So uh, sport, school, professional, at the collegiate level, all taking a backseat to this virus. But what if coronavirus isn't in your country yet? Do you need to worry or is it business as usual? I think for companies that are outside of uh, countries that are already affected, um, this may seem like something that's far away, but it, there is a good chance that the virus will affect their country as well. So it's good to plan ahead um, for those contingencies. And secondly, 
um, even if they aren't directly affected by the virus at some point in the future, they may be by either supply chain effects because they may not be able to source parts they need um, or other inputs they need, uh, or they may be affected by a decline in demand um, from the rest of the world, either because they're exporters or because they're part of an economy that exports to the rest of the world. So this is really going to uh, affect most people uh, in most countries in some way or the other. So how is this impacting small business? Menno Middledorp adds. A lot of small businesses are particularly vulnerable to this recession because there's a sharp decrease uh, in the demand for their services. Um, that means there's no cash coming in. Uh, and as a result of this uh, much lower cash flow, they're going to have difficulty meeting their obligations. Um, so I think for a lot of companies in general, but small business in particular, I don't have big cash reserves. Um, this is a, a particularly uh, troubling uh, situation. I asked Robin Miles from Inspire Me Consulting to share his perspective. Robin is a high-performance coach and consultant who works with executives, teams, and organizations to help them make conscious and collaborative decisions and explains many business owners are feeling overwhelmed. So for small business right now, things are really uh, pretty challenging because I think a lot of you know big organizations, yes, they're being impacted by it, but they've got a propensity to be able to kind of absorb some of this and those types of things. Whereas a uh, small business, I think it can be really, I think we need to identify for ourselves our own mindset and what's going on. And I think the reality is that a lot of us are actually in a whole um, mindset of overwhelm. And that's what's actually kind of going on for us. In Australia, there are a number of small businesses that have had a particularly challenging start to 2020. Ricardo Guitares is the director of Bedsy Accommodation Solutions, and he also runs an awesome podcast called The Innovator Diaries, which I highly recommend checking out. Ricardo's business helps all types of groups and delegations find the most suitable rooms in all major Australian cities. And his business, like many businesses in Australia, has been hit hard not once, but twice in 2020. So far, the coronavirus has impacted the education industry and the travel industry greatly. The universities and colleges mainly have been impacted first because of the fires. Many students didn't come that were coming on study groups and customized groups. Then the virus started to affect China and a big chunk of students are from China. So when they stopped coming, that was a, a lack of revenue and students that, that they didn't have. Also, a lot of uh, study groups and, and delegations come from that part of the world. So that was the first impact. Then the virus started to spread and all the countries started to stop international travel. And that's when all the rest of us started to get in. Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape.
featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. Impacted because all the students that had paid and all the groups that had paid started to cancel. Obviously, refunds had to be given. And yes, everybody is basically trying to manage as, as best as they can uh, without that revenue and without those students. And because education is such a big industry, uh, that means that thousands of students are not coming. So accommodation services, which I'm part of that, has been impacted. The food and restaurants that counted with students has been impacted as well. And obviously the measures now that, that the government is taking in order to prevent a, a spread of the virus is going to impact everybody. Others that have been also impacted, for example, are the education agents. They're placed all over the world. They're the ones helping education institutions bring international students into Australia. Their numbers stopped because their own countries are putting measures in place. People that already had visas and were ready to travel just said, no, I'm not traveling anymore. So this is the current situation. My business in particular, we had many groups and delegations coming to Australia and scheduled to arrive uh, between February and uh, May and June this year. And they have all been cancelled. Basically, the work we did in 2019 has been wiped. Menno Middledorp explains that it's not just the tourism and education systems that are being affected here in Australia and overseas. As long as restrictions are in place, activity is sharply lower than it was before the coronavirus. Um, so um, you see that in some sectors, activity is not happening at all. Uh, for example, restaurants um, are closed, uh, so that sector is deeply affected. Uh, travel is severely limited, so that sector is deeply affected. Uh, but even sectors that maybe don't have direct restrictions are also impacted in different ways. Um, there's a, a limit on uh, people's ability to go to work uh, in many cases, which means that obviously companies that depend on these employees are not going to be able to produce as much as they did before, even if there aren't direct restrictions. In a lot of cases, schools are closed, so uh, parents uh, need to stay at home to take care of their kids. If they can't work from home at all in their particular sector, for example, in industry, uh, in manufacturing, then um, those companies are going to be affected. Manufacturing is also affected by supply chain effects. So what we saw in particular is that the, in China, where the, um, where the virus hit first, you know, large parts of the economy were shut down. China is the, the world's manufacturing hub and part of many supply chains worldwide. And those are all being severely affected by um, the shutdowns that occurred there. So even if you know, you're not in a country which isn't directly impacted by the virus right now, you may be indirectly impacted by the fact that some parts are no longer available and manufactured goods can't be made. So with this situation in mind, what is going on mentally for us as business owners and entrepreneurs? 
I asked communication and conflict expert Tulsi Vandergraaf from Brave People Solutions and MindStrong Global CEO Yvonne Inglesos to comment on what they're witnessing happening firsthand for a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs right now. Tulsi explains that everyone, including business owners, are feeling vulnerable. I can see there's a lot of uncertainty and vulnerability everywhere, including with uh, business owners, particularly those who are already feeling the impact or expect to feel the impact in the not-too-distant future. And I do worry about those businesses who are particularly vulnerable at the moment anyway, even before the challenges that we're now experiencing. And it's hard to know for all of us how bad it's going to get. So that feeling of not knowing can be very challenging too. At the same time, I also see uh, people rethinking strategies around how they might do business. And I've certainly been doing that myself and seeing people that I collaborate with coming up with new ideas about how we can connect and reach people. So it seems like there are some different kind of approaches that people are are taking. Some uh, people are getting very stressed and really feeling that sense of fear, which is very challenging to feel. I see others staying very positive, almost upbeat positivity, and looking for opportunities that can arise in context of change circumstances. And it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's not an easy place for people to be. Yvonne Inglesos, who helps entrepreneurs have the energy to do what's important and stay calm on the inside, adds that a lot of people are trying to anticipate what will happen next, which is difficult to do right now. I think that people are at such different places. There is a lot of uncertainty, fear and stress, and everyone's wondering how is the impact of this health crisis, it's a global health crisis, going to impact me, my business and the team I run, my family. Lots of people are trying to anticipate what is going to happen in the months ahead and I think that's a difficult thing to do. Whatever you do in stressful times, so whatever, what I'm seeing is whatever the individual person does in stressful times. So if you're someone that loses your temper, whether that's at your spouse, your partner, your business team, your business partner, that's more likely to increase. So if you're someone that drinks to cope with stress, it's likely that you'll need four drinks rather than the two drinks um, of an evening to try and take the edge of the stress because as our stress increases, we go more to our coping strategies. So one of the coping strategies that's very common for business owners, small business owners, is um, avoiding what they feel in order to get busy and focused on business goals. So you're likely to do more of this, which is where our boundaries slide, spending more time thinking, doing, learning about what to do in business. And really, it's important to learn how to um, cope and deal with our stress in the moment. The state of our mental health with such a crisis is really dependent on the state of your mental health before the crisis. So when we have been, if we've been battling with low levels of anxiety or depression or feeling burnt out, that any kind of crisis taps into what's already there and then it leads into a cascading downward spiral. So really want to 
um, encourage you to think of where have I been at? Just to reflect, where have I been at? The certainty, the uncertainty of this time means that the epidemic of stress, burnout and mental illness will increase. That's been a big component of our focus at MindStrong, which is that these epidemics are increasing in our business owners and leaders. When we become highly stressed, the quality of our decision-making absolutely drops dramatically. And when processing stress, the part of our brain that makes decisions basically goes off line. And this is because our brain and body is flooded with chemicals to deal with the stress in an automatic reactionary way, rather than being able to think through things. I'll give an example of this, um, where I was speaking with the CEO today, and he was saying that he needs to get rid of his casual staff. So when we're in highly stressful situations, we think in quite extremes. So all or nothing. So um, there was a lot of distress as this CEO in his face, as he's talking to me about the need to do this, to let go of this one um, casual team member. And it has implications, not just for um, himself, but he was thinking about the team, the rest of the team. And just what I did was suggesting that rather than thinking in extremes, right, that I must get rid of this person because fear was starting to, we need to, we need to prep for what's coming. I talked about um, thinking about how we can contract differently rather than in extremes, extreme ways. And that is to think about, can I decrease the hours before getting rid of this person? And he just looked at me and went, that is such a good idea. Now it's simple and people might be thinking, of course you would think of that first, but you don't. In high stress situations, we all can get into that space of being highly reactive and highly black and white in our thinking, concrete thinking in what we believe is the right thing when they're with when we actually deal with the stress we can come up with better solutions and so he may eventually need to let this person go but initially it's trying to help him deal with this stress so that he can see there's other solutions Menno Middledorp explains that it's important that governments step up to support these businesses that are at risk of failing in order to avoid longer-term economic repercussions from the current healthcare crisis Many companies are going to come under financial strain uh, during this recession. And um, if they aren't able to either delay payments uh, or get access to uh, credit and liquidity, uh, they, um, they might fail. And, and that's not just for those companies and for the people that work for them, but for the economy as a whole, that's obviously not a good development. And what's really needed right now is for governments to step up and avoid widespread bankruptcies that would turn uh, essentially temporary um, economic situation that's already quite bad in turning to a longer term problem for the economy. Now, as a business owner myself and someone who proudly calls herself a control freak, I know how difficult uncertainty is for me, many of my clients, and many people who operate their own business. So with all this this stuff where we feel so out of control right now, what can we do? What decisions do we need to be making? Tulsi Vandergraaff shares what we need to be aware of when it comes to making a decision in a time of crisis. 
When we're talking about crisis, uh, I think most of us would say, yes, when we're in a crisis, when we feel under threat, it does kind of trigger that threat response that we all have within us, within our brain. And generally, when we're more stressed or under threat, we are less able to think and make decisions. You know, that prehistoric brain response kicks in where we go into that fight, flight, freeze response. And so it can be hard for us to make decisions that are based in reality uh, and take the time to really focus on the the range of issues and and challenges that we're facing. So when I see it as sort of as crisis, I think it's 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 this idea of yes, we can have that reaction to crisis and and know that we feel we're in crisis, but there's a process of trying to settle down and see the reality of the situation, which is challenging, but also find a place within ourselves where we can feel more settled and calm so that we're more able to make those decisions. It's, uh, it's really about trying to focus on thinking strategically and, and managing that stress and challenge within ourselves. That's the first, sort of the first step really in responding better rather than worse to crisis. So I think slowing things down and having a chance to talk to others and collaborate and support and be supported is a really important part of that. Robin Miles outlines three steps to think through and how to mentally navigate a crisis situation. I think the first thing is actually just accepting that we are in a state of, of overwhelm and accepting that takes some of the pressure off. The world's highly disrupted. Um, the situation now is going to be different in 24 hours and we don't literally know what that's actually going to look like and be for us. So I think then secondly, the the, the thing to actually do is we need to accept the reality for ourselves and we need to let go of any prejudgments or, or considerations and those types of things. And we actually just need to consider for ourselves, right, what actually really, and as I said um, to a client today was that what you need to do is absolutely recalibrate your hierarchy of needs for the reality that exists like what does it i know that ideally you wouldn't sell that investment property or make the decisions that you you would do but right now what's actually most important to you right now and i think this is for all of us a really good opportunity of doing some fundamental thinking about what do we really want to do and truly accept the situation as as it kind of stands and i also think there's some opportunities for now at mickey d's when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app so do you have the app how are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app i know you have a phone anywho if you have the app enjoy your free fries and drink if you don't you can't see me but know that i'm shaking my head ba-da-ba-ba-ba Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices... 
How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at FACET is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. FACET has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. People to kind of go, at the end of the day, this is a crisis that's hit us. But in 10 years' time, um, will, it have, will the situation now have defined that? You know, potentially, but potentially not. Potentially within 12 months, things could have moved on. So I think there's a need for investing in things with uh, a due regard of flexibility and also an opportunity of, of looking at things to go, look, this is what I can do right now. So a lot of people might be developing longer term strategies and everything else like that. In a crisis situation, you need to kind of go, first of all, I don't want to put myself in any additional harm. And secondly, what's an action that I can take that can improve things right now? The future will look after its kind of self, but what are those things right now? And it's almost having a mindset of an emergency response in your own business because there could be things that you can just do that are quick win, easy things for people. And actually things in small business, I think you're nimble enough to be able to um, get out there and provide services and support to people that actually really need you right now and i know that might be really hard because you might have one target market that really doesn't need that service but what else can you actually do right now to be of service and if we're going to be of service in this time then that's where financially we can kind of look after ourselves or equally if we really know that we can't operate in a business that we've got and financially there's there's issues there then looking at other income sources um, for yourselves and just accepting the reality and, and making whatever tough decisions that you need to within the short term. Yvonne Inglesos also warns that it's important not to put too much faith in business gurus who aren't in positions to comment on a particular business situation and understanding how to process our stress. Business owners are looking to the more successful um high profile business gurus, I'm going to say, for guidance and to to have an idea on how to weather the storm that is coming, that we're told is coming. And what's really important is having the skill to be discerning about what information to take and what's appropriate for you individually, that a um, an experienced business guru can be saying something that isn't going to match your circumstances. A lot of business owners go into focusing on business strategy and business metrics only and that is super important but we also need to hold that there's a very human element to this. Um, I'm coaching guiding business owners on how to prioritize really processing stress when every part of them is telling them to get deep into work mode and prep and the very first thing that I see sliding is their boundaries, you know, having clients who are turning into up to work, their offices much earlier, working from home, a lot longer hours, um, trying to do more in order to try and soothe their stress and soothe their anxiety that things um, are about to change and how do I prep for that? But it's these heightened and prolonged 
experiences of stress, which inevitably lead to burnout. And that's why I really want to encourage people to prioritize looking after their stress and not stress management, how they process stress, learning how to do that so that they're not only focused on business and strategy, but on themselves. So they, because we don't know how long these changes and this recession and the global markets and, and business is going to be impacted. So really looking after ourselves is pivotal to being able to do this. Ricardo Guterres explains what's happening at Betsy next and what strategies are helping them to stay in their business in the short term. I was actually in Melbourne last week meeting with clients and even though everybody's suffering right now, even though everybody's feeling the pain, the meetings were surprisingly positive. Everybody's saying, okay, this is happening. We don't achieve anything by being stressed or being negative or complaining not one thing is achieved let's just look at the future so we're counting or hoping that things are gonna start running and, and, and working again after maybe june or july so basically the planning was based and focused on on semester two so july onwards hopefully by then some something is gonna happen the peak of the virus and the, the virality of the virus is going to stop or, or start to go down. People overseas are going to start thinking traveling. So we're counting on that to happen very soon. And um, yeah, like we're focusing on the future, focusing on what's what events, what uh, groups, what classes are going to be taught in in July and then just focusing on that. And within Australia... Uh, we're counting that um, people are going to start traveling domestically more and more and more. Uh, all these groups and, and delegations moving around for conferences and events and uh, visiting family, um, all of that is going to happen, sports, everything is going to start coming back to life again. And things, at least slowly, start coming back to normality. We're lucky in some respect, even though <laughs> everything was wiped and all our groups were cancelled, we've been lucky that uh, we're an online business. So basically, we put a lot of effort in the past few years to create very strong processes and systems uh, that minimize the need to hire like a lot of stuff. Uh, we also automatized a lot of, of these processes. So instead of having somebody typing things and doing certain tasks, the system does it automatically. So that's that's also helping. And because of this, all the staff are working from home and uh, they can work from anywhere in the world, in fact. So there is no need for rent. So what has helped is that exactly there's no big fixed costs and there's no huge amounts of salaries and that is the problem with many of the businesses when you have uh, some revenue and some incoming business uh, stop suddenly you don't have any any cash flow any revenue but then instead of receiving something you need to keep on paying the rent keep on paying salaries uh, now your clients that are not coming 
want a refund so your cash flow is gone and it's suddenly gone so even businesses that have been are are careful can be greatly impacted by this because suddenly their savings and their bank accounts start going down really quickly and that's something that we don't really have so even though we're not receiving the revenue even though we're not receiving the cash flow we've been extremely careful in managing the finances and that allows us to hopefully ride this wave for a little bit longer uh, without any major risks Menno Middledorp seconds the important role remote workers play during this time, particularly in places where there is a full lockdown. Uh, the importance of being able to work effectively from home is one thing that has uh, well, really been brought home, as it were, uh, during uh, the current uh, situation. In, I work in the Netherlands and it's been very important for me to be able to continue uh, my job uh, working from home. Uh, and that's not possible for a lot of companies. And that's either because they haven't been prepared um, and haven't been able to set up the systems in time or it's simply because the nature of the work uh, doesn't allow them to do that. So obviously, you know, if you're in the manufacturing sector or you're, um, you're, you're a builder or anything like that, it's just not possible to get work done from home. So if there are in the more extreme lockdown scenarios, um, you see that these sectors are, are, are really uh, being shut down. So where to from here? What can we do? Tulsi explains the importance of slowing down and taking the time to constantly check in with the people in your business. Uh, from my perspective, I think it's, it's really important. If we're trying to make the best decisions for, for, for our people and, and our business, it's very important to slow things down and consider all possibilities and think about all options for action because at the moment there is so much uncertainty and we can't really know what's going to happen and how things are going to unfold but what we can look at is different scenarios different different possibilities for the future and how we might need to respond depending on what does unfold and looking at the business and the people they're two very different focus points even though there might be some interaction and connection of course I mean the business side of things obviously you know involves looking at things strategically and and having to sort of have a new plan of action but with the people side of things those that focus is ongoing and really needs to be the focus on your people on, on us as human beings in this time of struggle is really, really important. And I think there's, there's a number of stages that, that need to be followed to really feel like or to know that you are supporting your staff most effectively. And for me, it looks a bit like this. So the first step is acknowledging the challenge. So really uh, putting words to how it is for everybody at the moment and, and what we're facing here. It's also asking how people feel about the current challenges because different people, depending on who they are and their histories, their background, their current life circumstances are going to feel differently. So some people may feel extremely fearful and extremely threatened. Other people might uh, 
been not really uh, feeling a lot or focusing on being positive or not uh, really believing that there is as much of a challenge. So you've got a whole range of possible emotions and experiences. And then the next step of that is really acknowledging those and having the language and the ability to support people. Now, you know, that can look at like sort of demonstrating empathy, even even something as simple as, as saying, look, that's a really hard feeling to have. You know, this is a really challenging time. Uh, it's really hard to feel this scared and uncertain. Or it might look like, you know, I know that things in in your work were already uncertain and you were already going through challenging times and now this has put a whole new layer on that that's not easy so that's the kind of language that is helpful to support people and make them feel like they're understood and not alone and the next part of it is asking what they need so it's literally saying to people you know I, I know that you're going through you know particular challenge at the moment and you're feeling really uncertain and fearful uh, if, if that's how they feel and you ask them you know what do you need what would help you right now what can I do to support you Yvonne adds that emotional regulation is key in helping us to prioritize the decisions we need to make so I know there's a lot of um, a lot of advice around make sure you keep your uh, some cash make sure that you keep your salespeople and your marketing strategies going one of the biggest things I want to encourage is learning how to regulate your emotions and that might sound odd uh, however recognizing the stress and how to pause so how do i calm my inter calm my internal world how do i calm my nervous system by breathing or talking to someone before i take any action right it's it is the most simple and yet toughest thing to do in high stress situations so prioritize the decisions that need to be made and don't do this by yourself. When we're stressed, we can really try and bunker down and work this out all on our own. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that business owners can do. And if you have a coach or a mentor that is very logical and rational, what can happen is you miss the opportunity to calm your internal world, breathe, pause learn how to pause before you take any action get input from others and get creative it's difficult to be creative and make the right decisions when your stress response is activated so rather than taking the extreme all or nothing approach be discerning and agile and that means what will work for one business owner and their team will not work for another the more we can get the leaders and teams to breathe and process their fears means that their decisions won't come from fear, but be more measured and more appropriate for your situation and your industry better. So how can people mentally prepare for the months ahead? Well, this is not about mindset and positivity or ignoring the fear and focusing on business goals. This is truly about knowing how to process stress better more effectively in the moment as it happens. Get to know your usual response to stress and learn better ways. So what do I mean by that? 
Some people explode. They lose their temper externally. They become aggressive. Think fights in the supermarket is a really simple example. For others, they implode. They might drink alcohol. They do whatever they need to to numb out from their distress. So when you know this information about yourself, you need to slow yourself down and actually understand that these approach, approaches to processing stress are not going to cut it. I know a lot of people will suggest things like meditation and mindfulness, but these are very challenging practices when we struggle with stress and we're, we're in our survival mode, when we're in fear states. When we have a busy and chaotic mind, when we are going into survival, there are practical skills that you can put in place to help you through these difficult experiences. The one thing I always suggest to clients to develop and develop with them is the ability to pause. Now you would have heard me say this a couple of times, being able to slow yourself down before you react, before making big decisions, before losing your temper, breathe. Calm your nervous system. If someone is talking to you, I suggest if you notice your reaction, if you notice that you're frustrated, if you notice that you're highly stressed, it is better to say, I need to get back to you than it is to give a highly reactive response and then regret it later. So just think about a crying baby. If you have a crying baby, you don't walk into the room and say, hey, just be positive or it's okay. We will get through this. We focus on soothing that baby, helping to slow their breathing, helping them with the kind and reassuring voice, helping to calm their internal world. So don't ignore your feelings. I know a lot of people think there's no place for feelings in business. Well, the reality is this is a highly emotional, highly stressful time, and we need to pay attention to everything going on inside of us and soothe that response as much as it will be around taking external steps. We at MindStrong are definitely helping clients with this stuff. It is highly stressful um, and the psychological pressures that business owners and business leaders are going through is tough and we support them by integrating our executive coaching together with our experiences, integrative psychotherapists. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn if you need to. Despite many businesses dealing with challenges, there have in fact been some sectors that have benefited from the current situation, as Menno explains. You do see some sectors uh, that are benefiting from uh, the measures that are taken against the coronavirus. Uh, people are basically stuck at home, so anything that they can have delivered to their house, uh, particularly food delivery, but also other products, uh, anything that they can uh, access through the internet, so uh, digital services, all seem to be benefiting from uh, from uh, the current situation. I asked Robin Miles to help us to understand a bit more about how we can pivot in response to changing market needs. And here's what he said. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the word pivot is really important here because it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I've always recommended, I did a, um, a live on this the other day about resilience and the philosophy of having one target market, one problem, and I solve them, that if there's a, a shock, then that can all just be taken away from you. So I actually do recommend that people have diversification within their businesses to make them more resilient just generally. Um, but also, um, like you say, is that we all have very different 
skills and abilities and maybe we've focused on that but if we kind of go back to well what are some of the fundamental other things that I've done historically or I can do so it's almost think about what can I do that would be a value to somebody where they'd be willing to pay for it just go back to those first principles it may not be your kind of whole life purpose of you know what ideally you want but if it's ticking those three boxes then it's kind of like let's just put a message out there to see if people kind of um you know want that uh, service or whatever so it's absolutely about going back to first principles of of things that that you that you can do um i always remember one guy um years ago he actually diversified he was a consultant and he actually said you know what i've looked at the market and i'm going to go back to plastering and I was like, I didn't know you plaster. He said, yeah, my dad was a plasterer. So I learned plastering as a skill. And in actual fact, the construction industry is absolutely booming at the moment. And I can <laughs> really good money from doing plastering. I was like, wow, okay, well, do that while, you know, and he said, but I only have to do that three days a week to earn the money to be able to continue doing my other stuff as well. So it's not one or another. Let's see about how you can draw income from multiple different kind of uh, streams and think about, you know, what could you do that's going to be of service, that's going to be of value to someone who they're willing to pay? And if that's nice and easy, just get going with it. And it could be an interim thing, but you might actually find a new whole product or service line for yourselves because it might be something that could continue in the future as well. In terms of taking steps to grow your brand during this time, I believe there are opportunities for us to make our mark right now. It comes back to remembering who you serve and what you value over your products and your business model. If you remember back to episode seven, where we talked about creating a value proposition, this is exactly what we talked about. From a brand strategy perspective, I believe it's important we consider the same things we're always considering. And that is that the business needs to respond to market needs and provide value where it's needed most. To that end right now at my business, The Changemakers Collective, we're providing one-off brand strategy sessions. Our goal is to help brands big and small meaningfully respond to the health crisis. And if you would like to get in touch with me, my email address as always is in the show notes. So what is there to look forward to for the future? And what can we appreciate right now? Menno explains the good news is that many governments are preparing to ease the financial strain on businesses. And it's good to see that a lot of governments are indeed um, moving forward with plans in order to help uh, companies out. Um, So a number of things that are going on are delays of tax payments. Um, There are um, guarantees in some cases for loans. Um, and the central banks have stepped up in many countries uh, to provide uh, financial facilities, uh, to provide liquidity to banks that can then be passed on to companies, small companies in particular. Ricardo asks us to see this as an opportunity to get back to basics and act proactively. Well, I think this is the perfect opportunity for you to look inwards. Crises tend to be like people tend to panic. And I I think, I personally think you need to stop and go back to basics, basically. And look what has been working, what hasn't been working. Normally you run, 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 trying to do things that appear on a day-to-day basis. But this is the opportunity to Go back and see which processes aren't working, which systems need to be improved. It's time to perhaps increase your your communication with clients. Let them know that you 
are being proactive, that you are ready to move forward. It's time also to not only see what kind of opportunities are for you, but how to help each other. I think that's a key thing because everybody's feeling the pain. Everybody's suffering right now. So why not look for opportunities that where we can help each other? You know, so and that's I suppose uh, business as such, and that's what sales is. Is not that uh, this is my product and this is uh, what I want from you, or no? It's what are your needs, what problems do you have, and how can I help you? So it's it's all about that. It's going back to basics. It's trying to fix what's not great. It's trying to make the good things even better. And just be proactive, because I think even though you it it may be slow, do steps every day, take steps that make you move forward, and I think that's the strategies that um, I just need to focus on right now, especially because I already know that nothing is gonna happen between now and and June. No new groups are gonna happen unless a miracle vaccine appears or something drastic happens nobody's gonna decide to travel you know so perhaps i would like to take this opportunity to ask other business owners or other organizations that if you are thinking traveling in groups uh, domestically through australia or coming to new zealand and you're looking for accommodation for groups we at betsy can help you Accommodation is all the things we do every day, all day. We don't do anything else. We're specialists. Our success rate is is fantastic. The reviews we've received from clients, they're great. So my job is to take the problem off your hands. My job is to minimize complaints and work with professional providers that can give you the best possible experience while you travel. Tulsi reminds us to stay connected with the people who matter to us in our personal and our professional lives. One of the things with uh, resilience and an, an ability to bounce back and manage challenging times, one of the uh, really important parts of that is connection. And it's really interesting at the moment because we're being asked to physically disconnect from others. And it's important to stay connected in other ways because if we lose that connection and we feel isolated in a way where we don't feel that other people are there to support us and we really are alone, that will actually increase the likelihood of us not coping in hard times. So luckily with technology, we have a a few more options than perhaps 100 years ago, but it's working out what are the best options for your people and for the people in your personal life and in your work life, what are the best options that you've got to stay connected? Uh, There might be, you know, an an opportunity to think about, okay, let's talk about how often we want to check in, how often we want to have, you know, a group chat or, you know, see each other. Uh, you know, through our computer, talk about what, how we're feeling and what's happening. So it's trying to find ways to include 
you know, a little bit of fun and humor and lightheartedness and some positivity as well as, you know, some focus on keeping things moving in a way that people still feel empowered and still feel like they've got some level of control even when it's so uncertain. The other thing uh, I think that's really helpful in times of challenge is really to focus on those moments of joy and every time you have a moment of joy to recognize that and go oh that was a moment of joy and also to think about in context of challenging times what are the things that you're still grateful for within it so I know people talk about that gratitude practice you know where you should be you know every day you should be grateful for you know five things and write them down and I think that that's a good strategy but for me one of the really powerful strategies when we are having challenge times is to look at the challenge times acknowledge it accept, you know accept that this is what it is and then within that focus on the parts that you're grateful for so for example you might now be working from home and and that might feel isolating but then you might have be having opportunities to have say more chats with a close friend or you might be reaching out to people overseas because you're concerned about how they're going so you have more connection that way so thinking about within that what are you most grateful for can be a, a really good way of keeping focused and and a little more positive than you might feel so what about you what do you feel grateful for where are the moments of happiness for you i hope that this episode has helped to inform you as you go ahead with making decisions over the next days the weeks and the months that follow from this a big thank you to all our guests who made this special episode possible to Mena Middledorp, chief economist at Rabobank to my husband Henry working in the ER to Steve Carfino Ricardo Guterres Robin Miles Tulsi Vandergraaf and Yvonne Anglesos don't forget to find out more about the amazing work these guys do and get in touch via the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this... Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. We can fly.